Welcome to the Anchor Church Podcast. To learn more about Anchor Church, go to www.anchorchurch.life. All right, good morning. Oh, you're going to have to do better than that. Good morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm, my name is Dustin, not to be confused with Justin. Uh, and I am Danil's brother, Justin's brother-in-law, and it's a privilege for me to be here. I got to be in a service this summer just to kind of be here and, and be a part of Anchor Church for a Sunday and was so encouraged and blessed by it and grateful for Justin to ask me to be here this week to speak about prayer. I'm excited for, for you, for Anchor Church, for this series, Pray Like This, and excited about what God will teach through this time and focusing on prayer. Um, so I guess probably since I have uh, grown up with Danil and I've known Justin for a long time, you're probably hoping for some embarrassing stories about them. Um, and uh, so I don't know if I'll be able to deliver or not, but I've known Justin, I guess it's probably been almost 15 years that he and Danil have, were, were dating first and we weren't totally sure about Justin. Um, but over time, we got to know him and, and came to love him. I've grown up with Danil. Danil and I, of all of our siblings, there's four of us. I'm the oldest, and then there's uh, Sister Diana, and then Danil's the third, and then our brother Derek is the youngest. Danil and I probably had the biggest fights and arguments of any of our siblings. Um, Danil is passionate. If you've met Danil, you know, like she's passionate about everything that she does, and approaches everything that she does with all of her, and I love that about her, and I'm so grateful for that, but it led to some pretty good arguments, because I'm the oldest brother, and I'm always right, so the person who's passionate and the person who's always right, every once in a while, those things clash, and I learned about Justin pretty early on, and getting to hang out with him, uh, when we get the guys together, Justin and our other brother-in-law, Wes, and my brother, Derek, and my dad, Justin always brings the party to life. Like whatever we're doing, if we're at a football game, if we're camping, if we're riding motorcycles, whatever we're doing, Justin always knows how to take things to fourth gear, fifth gear, sixth, and they just keep going up. The gear is like, it should stop, but anyway... He, he was at UF long enough to, to learn how to have a good time, so grateful for that, grateful to be here today, and I'm grateful for Justin and Danil's heart uh, for this church and this community. I love getting to sit and talk with them and hear about all that God is doing and hear about their excitement, their love for you, for you, their, their family and friends and, and, and church family. And uh, so I'm excited and excited about all that God is doing here at Anchor Church. Well, we're going to talk about prayer today, and uh, I, I want to start with this statement. Um, prayer is intended to be transformational, not just therapeutic. All right, so let me say it one more time. I'm going to talk about what it means. Prayer is intended, God intended prayer to be transformational, not just therapeutic. I think a lot of times we think about prayer as kind of therapy, right? We pray when we need something. We pray when we're feeling down. We pray when we're having a hard day. We pray when we didn't study for the test and it's next period. We pray when we have a big job interview. We pray when our kids are driving us crazy after we've already lost our temper. Then we take a step back and we pray, right? So many times we pray and we think of it as, as, as 
therapeutic. And prayer certainly is therapeutic. I mean, God speaks to us over and over in his word about prayer and how that when we come to him in prayer that, that he moves and he can move mountains. He can move any situation. He is a way maker as we sing about this morning, a miracle worker, a promise keeper, the light and the darkness. But prayer is more than just therapy. And if we approach prayer as simply therapeutic, then we're going to miss so much of what God has for us through prayer. And so this morning, we need to understand that God intended prayer to be transformational and not just therapeutic. People talk about it like this sometimes. Many times we come and we seek God's hand. We seek God's hand of blessing. We seek God to move on our behalf. We seek his, his, his provision. We seek his hand. And many times when we seek God's hand, we miss his face. Many times when we seek God's provision, we miss his presence. We miss experiencing all that God has for us because we're so concerned about what he can do for us, about what he can give us. And so many times that's how we come to him in prayer, that we miss the presence, the goodness, the fullness of God, as Scripture talks about. And so we need to seek God for more than just a blessing more than just moving on our behalf, more than just a therapeutic experience of healing me and making me whole, we need to seek God for transformation. Now, some of you are thinking, that's great, except I don't want to be transformed. I'm not interested in all that, like, you know, crazy, change my life kind of stuff. I just want the enough of God to make life a little bit better kind of stuff. And I think a lot of us approach our spiritual journey that way. And God can do some stuff. He can do some pretty cool stuff in your life. But when we surrender our life to him and seek his presence, seek his power, seek his face, then he will do, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3, exceeding abundantly more than we could ever ask or think or imagine. And so we're going to talk about this principle today of transformational prayer. And we're going to look at an Old Testament story in the life of Moses. Moses is a character in the Bible that, you know, most people know who Moses was. They have a pretty good idea because they've seen the Charlton Heston movie, right? And Charlton Heston and the really bad fake beard is standing there with uh, early CGI of the uh, Red Sea party. Anybody remember the Ten Commandments movie at Easter every year? Um, and Moses is an incredible man of faith. But everything that is recorded in the Old Testament, that starts in Genesis, Exodus, and it goes through the whole Old Testament, everything in the Old Testament is ultimately pointing us to the promise that would come through Jesus Christ. And so we're going to look at some principles from this story of Moses and his encounter with God. We're going to see how they apply to us, and then we're going to go to the New Testament in the book of 2 Corinthians and we're going to see how God takes these principles that we've learned from Moses and gives us a new way to experience these principles and these promises. So let me pray, and then we're going to get into God's word. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33, if you have a Bible or a Bible app, it'll also be on the screens. But let me pray. Lord God, we love you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you that you are a way maker. Thank you that you have given us the victory through Jesus Christ. Thank you for your goodness. 
God, thank you that you are worthy of our love and affection and adoration. Lord, we come to you this morning because we need you. So God, I pray for those here this morning who know who are in a needy position in their life right now, who are desperate for you to do something. God, I pray that you would meet them where they're at. And God, I pray for those in here this morning who don't really think they need you that much because things are pretty good. They're just kind of here doing their religious thing. God, I pray that you would meet them in a special way this morning and make them aware of how much they need you as well. Lord, speak through your word. Your word is powerful. It's alive. So give us ears to hear and hearts to obey. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so Exodus chapter 33, we're going to look at a story of Moses and his uh, experience of the presence of God. And um, let me just read it, starting in verse 7. I'm going to read a lot of scripture today uh, and and just kind of comment as we go along. Here's what Exodus 33, starting in verse 7, says. Now Moses took a tent, and he set it up outside the camp, far away from the camp. He called it the tent of meeting. Anyone who wanted to consult the Lord would go to the tent of meeting that was outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would stand up, each one, uh, each one at the door of his own tent, and they would watch Moses until he entered. When Moses entered, the pillar of cloud would come down and remain at the entrance of the tent, and the Lord would speak to Moses. As all the people saw the pillar of cloud remaining at the entrance to the tent, they would stand up and bow down in worship, each one at the door of his tent. Now the Lord spoke with Moses face to face, just as a man speaks with his friend. I love that verse. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his assistant, the young man named Joshua, son of Nun, would not leave the inside of the tent. All right, I I want us to see two things really quick from this little section. So first of all, this is prayer. There was this tent of meeting, the tabernacle. It was this tent that the children of Israel would set up, and and it was the place where God met with the people. It says whenever they wanted to speak to God, they would go to the tent of meeting and the presence of God would come down in the form of a pillar of cloud, which is crazy, supernatural, big stuff. And they would know that they could speak to God. And Moses would go in on behalf of the people. Everybody didn't get to go in. Just Moses got to go in. But it says that he spoke to God face to face as a man speaks with his friend. But if you... We're paying attention in the verse, it says that everybody else, all of the other people, all of the other Israelites, the the Hebrew children, those that Moses had led out of Egypt, says when when the tent of meeting was set up and, and the presence of God came and Moses went to meet, they all stood up and they paid attention. And it says when Moses got there and began to speak with God, they would bow down and worship. Here's the first thing I want us to see this morning about transformational prayer Prayer should transform our posture, right? All of these people were in the camp, and they were doing their thing. They were washing dishes. They were making dinner. They were folding clothes. They were sending emails. You know, they were helping the kids with their homework, whatever. They were just doing their thing, right? Living life, going about things, just whatever was in front of them. But when the presence of God showed up and when it was time to meet with God, when it was time for Moses to speak to God face to face, as a man speaks with his friend, they stood up and they paid attention. 
And not only that, it says that they bowed down and worshiped because transformational prayer transforms our posture. Now, what does that mean for us? Right? We're just like these people. We have stuff going on. We have chores to do. We have, you know, we have to exercise and keep ourselves in shape. We have to, we, we're busy at work right now. I mean, we're, we're working 60, 70, 80 hours because there's a big project we're working on. The kids, they cannot quite get this math homework they're trying to do. And frankly, we don't understand it either. And we're trying to help them figure out how to do it. And we're putting in as much time as they are trying to help them figure it out. And we're just busy. But when we experience the presence of God through prayer, our posture begins to change, right? We begin to stand up and take notice that God is meeting with us. He's here to move in our lives, and our posture begins to change. How many of you had a parent or a coach or a teacher that was like always on you about posture? Come on, stand up straight, shoulders back. Anybody? Anybody have that person in your life? Maybe you were, you know, a dancer or a gymnast or even an athlete and, you know, it was important how you stood and your posture, all those things. Anybody? Yeah? So I kind of think of it like this. This posture that we have when we come before God is important. Now, my parents are sitting right over here, so I'll only say good things. Um, But they were not like posture crazy except for when I was getting in trouble and I was like, mm. like, stand up straight and look at me when I'm talking to you. Anybody ever get that one? I'm like, Dad, Mom, you just don't understand. Life's not fair. Hey, you stand up right now and look at me. I would get that, and I would, and I would try to resist in the right now. And then, oh, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. Posture. And I think a lot of us, we kind of approach our spiritual life kind of slouched over. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When we encounter God's presence through prayer, it transforms our posture. The second thing is this, it transforms our priorities. It transforms our priorities. It says in verse 11 that Joshua, who was Moses' assistant, Joshua was was the guy who led after Moses. Moses had led the children of Israel, and when he died, Joshua took over. And from early in Joshua's life, he was Moses' apprentice. He was his protege. He was the heir apparent. He was the one who was going to take over after Moses, and he respected Moses. He loved Moses. He valued Moses. Whatever Moses needed done, Joshua was the guy. If Moses said, hey, I need some help, Joshua said, me, 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 me. Let me help. I'm in. Moses, whatever it is, I'm in. Because he valued Moses. He, he honored Moses. I mean, Joshua picked up the dry cleaning, right? He, whatever, the, whatever it was, he was down to do it. And wherever Moses went, Joshua was right behind. When Moses turned left, Joshua went left. When Moses went right, Joshua went right. And he said, that is a great idea, Moses. That is the perfect way to go. That is, this is what we should be doing. Like, Joshua was all in. But it says when he went to this place of meeting with the presence of God, tells us that Moses would leave, but Joshua stayed behind. Joshua didn't leave the place of God's presence. I mean, he had been focused on Moses and whatever Moses says and whatever Moses, wherever he leads, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. But when he was transformed by the presence of God, his priorities changed. And there's so many of us 
who our priorities are maybe people, maybe it's a circumstance. We've got priorities that are driving our lives. We're wanting to win the approval of somebody, somebody at work, somebody at home, a parent who we've never felt approved by. But Joshua, when he experienced the transforming presence of God through prayer, his priorities changed. He wanted to stay and experience the transforming work of God in his life instead of just following Moses. Here's another thing I think. There's a lot of us who our experience of the Christian faith is through somebody else. Like maybe our parents had, they were people of great faith. And we're like, you know, they were, they were like, they followed Jesus and so... I'm just in because they were in. Or maybe, you know, maybe you're married and your husband or your wife is really serious about their faith and following Jesus. And you're like, well, I mean, they're doing it. So why do I have to do it too? I'm, I'm in by proxy. But Joshua wasn't satisfied to be in by proxy. He wanted to be near the transforming presence of God. should transform our posture, should transform our priorities. What are the priorities in your life right now that are keeping you from experiencing the transforming presence of God through prayer? Continues in Exodus chapter 33, starting in verse 12. Moses is having this encounter with God. In verse 12, it says, Moses said to the Lord, look, you've told me to lead this people up. But you haven't let me know whom you will send with me. You said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, if I have indeed found favor in your sight, Lord, please teach me your ways, and I will know you and find favor in your sight. Now, consider that this nation is your people. Then he replied, God replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And Moses said, if your presence does not go... Don't make us go out from here. How will it be known that I and your people have found favor in your sight unless you go with us? I and your people will be distinguished by this, the presence of God, from all the other people on the face of the earth. And the Lord answered Moses, I will do this very thing that you have asked, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. And then Moses said, please let me see your glory. Here's the, the third thing. Prayer should transform our posture. Prayer should transform our priorities. And prayer should transform our prayers. Prayer should transform our prayers. Moses, he's not just seeking God's blessing anymore. He's seeking God's presence. He's just saying this to the Lord. Lord, if you're not going, we have no interest in going. Like, if your presence is not going to be with us, we don't want to be there. And there's so many people today, me included, all of us, you know what? A lot of times we're just satisfied with God's blessing. God, if you'll just do this thing for me, you know, you can come along if you want to, but really I just need you to do this thing. Just need you to fix this problem. I just need you to heal this hurt. I just need you to do this thing. And whether or not you come, you know, that's up to you. Come along if you want to. But if you'll just fix this for me, then we're, we're good. I will be so excited. I'll tell people you're awesome. But Moses said, look, God, I don't care 
where you want us to go, I don't care what you're going to do for us. If you're not going, then we don't want it. If you're not going, then we don't want it. In our prayer, we need to get to this place in our life where it's more than just a list of things that we need God to do. It's more than just a list of things that we're asking God for. And definitely ask God for things. Ask him to move because he wants to, because he can. And because when we do that, we recognize our need of him. We need you to move, God. But, but more than anything else, we just want him, his face, his presence, his transforming work in our lives. My wife introduced me to a song recently. Um, it's called Nothing Else. The words just say this, I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. I'm not here for blessing. Jesus, you don't owe me anything. More than anything that you can do, I just want you. That has to be our heart when we come to God in prayer. And when we get to that place, then God begins to transform. And all of a sudden, our prayers that maybe have felt dry and maybe they felt like a chore and maybe they felt like a routine and maybe they felt like just a task we had to get through. When we encounter the transforming presence of God, we get to this place where we just say, God, thank you. We're like Joshua who says, I don't want to leave. I just want you. Prayer should transform our prayers. And so the question is, are you growing in how you pray? Are you growing in how you pray? So Moses, the last thing he says to God is, please let me see your glory. It's a big, bold request. God, please let me see all of your glory. And in verse 19, God says to him, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim the name Yahweh before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But, he answered, you cannot see my face, for no one can see me and live. This is the first time anybody used the line, I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you, right? God says this to Moses, you can't see my face, bro, because if you do, you're dead. Then in verse 21, the Lord said, here is a place near me. You're going to stand on the rock, and when my glory passes by, I will put my hand in the crevice or the cave of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take my hand away and you will see my back, but my face will not be seen. God says, Moses, you're going to see my glory, but just kind of the trail of my glory. You can't see my face because it would kill you because I am God and there is no one like me. And it would so freak you out, Moses, that you would just drop dead. And so he says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let you get in the cave. I'll cover it up. When I pass by, I'll move my hand and you can see my back, Moses. Have you ever seen like, Somebody, maybe, you know, uh, I'm not like a super like celebrity person, uh, but, but every once in a while, um, you know, I, I've, I've seen somebody. I remember when I was a kid, do you remember when they used to have the NFL quarterback challenge? Anybody remember that? Yeah, so they had one in Orlando, and I got to go with my dad, and it was Dan Marino and Warren Moon and... Um, yeah, John Elway, go Broncos, Randall Cunningham, all these old school quarterbacks. And I remember as a kid just thinking, whoa. And some of them, like, you know, you could go get an autograph. And I think I got 
Dan Marino's autograph because I also am a Miami Dolphins fan. Yeah. You know, it's an exercise in humility and loyalty. Uh, there are some support groups for us. And, uh, but anyway, so Dan Marino was there. But, but most of these quarterbacks, you didn't get to interact with them or see them. You just kind of saw them out in the field throwing the football. You just saw their back, right? The number and the name on the back of their jersey. And you're like, oh, wow, that's awesome. So God says, Moses, you can't see my face. Stand in the cave. I'll cover it up, and then you can see my back. Well, here's what's crazy. In the next chapter, Exodus chapter 34, it tells us what happened when Moses saw God's back. So the beginning of Exodus chapter 34 tells us what God spoke to Moses up there on the mountain that day. But in verse 29, it tells us this. As Moses descended from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hands and he descended the mountain, he did not realize that the skin on his face shone as a result of his speaking with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, the skin of his face was shining. They were all afraid to come near him, but Moses called out to them. So Aaron and all the leaders of the community returned to him and Moses spoke to them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near, and he commanded them to do everything the Lord had told him on Mount Sinai. When Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever Moses went before the Lord to speak with him, uh, to speak with him, he would remove the veil until he came out, and afterwards he would tell the Israelites what had been commanded, and then he would put the veil back over his face again. So Moses encounters the presence of God in a transforming way, so much so that his face was radiating. So here's the last thing. Prayer should transform our countenance. And then I also put this for you type A people who need another P for the last point. It should transform our presence. Prayer should transform our countenance or our presence. When we encounter the presence of God and he's beginning to transform us and change us and make us more like him, we should just look different. We should act different. Our presence should be different. So Brooke and I have been married for 16 years. We were high school sweethearts. We met when we were 16 years old, and, uh, and so we've been together a long time. And when we were in college, um, we had these really epic date nights, and we would go to 2J's for dinner. Um, so the two, there's a 2J's at Colo on Colonial Drive near the Fashion Square Mall, the Colonial Promenade down there. We would go there, and uh, like I always got the same thing. They had garlic chicken pasta, and that was my thing I got at 2J's. She loved it because then we would go to a movie, and I would kind of burp garlic the rest of the night. It was a sure way to like keep us a little space between us, so everything was good. But um, So we were at 2J's, garlic chicken pasta, and, I, and I'm eating my meal, and she's eating and all of a sudden, these people walk into the room. I remember exactly where we were sitting on these booths on the back wall of 2J's. And these people walk in. It's, it's an older man and two, um, it looked like maybe his grown children were with him. And they walk in. And I'm telling you, when they walked in, I, I just noticed. It's like, these, there's something about these people. And they sat down and the waitress came and, and said, I'll get you some water. Here's the menus. And just... Their interaction, everything about them was just like, whoa, like this is different. And I looked up at Brooke, and, and I didn't really say anything, but we're, we're just sitting there, and I, these people are just sitting like two booths over from us, nobody between us. 
And I'm thinking, there's something about these people. So they order some food, and then they prayed for their meal. And I'm, like, totally in. Like, I'm eating my garlic chicken pasta, but I'm not paying attention to my garlic chicken pasta or to Brooke. I'm just, like, focused on these people because something is happening over here. So they, they pray, and they're praying for mom. So my guess is that this older man's wife is in the hospital, and his grown children are here, and they're visiting, and they pray for mom. And I'm telling you, they're praying, and I just started crying. Like, I'm crying into my garlic chicken pasta, sitting in two J's and thinking, what is happening right now? What is happening right now? And I look up, and Brooke is also, like, we're totally in. Like, these people just brought the presence of God into two J's on Colonial Drive. Like, I'm having an encounter with God right now, and I'm not even praying. I'm listening to these people pray. I'm telling you, it was incredible. So, when we left, we did the only thing that we could think to do, we told the waitress, hey, we want to buy them a carrot cake. Send it to their table. And uh, we went and we actually went. There was a Walgreens. We got a card and just wrote a note. But like when somebody brings the presence of God into two days, you have to buy them a carrot cake. So it's the only thing we could think to do. But here's the point, man. Like there was just something about those people. And maybe you've been around somebody like that before in your life where you were just like, man, what is going on here? They're just positive. They're encouraging. They can even like speak hard truth to you and you still feel loved and encouraged by it. They're hopeful. There's just something different about their countenance, their presence. And when we come to God in prayer, our prayer should transform us in that way. So that we can walk into two J's and a couple of college kids are like, what is going on right now? Transforms our presence. Transforms our countenance. So that's the Old Testament story of Moses meeting with God. And I want to read real quick a passage out of 2 Corinthians and I'm wrapping up with this. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul writes this letter to the Corinthians, and he references this story of Moses and his encounter with God. It starts in verse 7, and he talks about what is the new covenant ministry, and here's what it says. Now, if the ministry of death chiseled in letters on stone, so let me just say really quick, Moses came down from that experience with God on the mountaintop with tablets of stone, with the law of God written on them. So Paul says, if the ministry of death that was chiseled in letters on stone came with glory so that the Israelites were not able to look directly at Moses' face because of the glory from his face, a fading glory, how will the ministry of the Spirit, the presence of God, not be more glorious? And if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness overflows with even more glory. So here's the thing, the law that Moses brought down from the mountain, the law condemns, scripture says. The law points out that you don't measure up. You can't do all this stuff that you're supposed to do. You can't be good enough. That's not how you will ever experience God. You need something else, a new and better way, the book of Hebrews says, and that's Jesus Christ who came to live out the law perfectly on your behalf and then die the penalty of your breaking the law on your behalf on the cross. So Paul says the ministry of condemnation had glory 
but the ministry of righteousness overflows with even more glory. In fact, what had been glorious is not glorious now by comparison because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was fading away was glorious, what endures will be even more glorious. Therefore, having such a hope, we use great boldness, just like Moses when he said, God, show me your glory. I want more. We are not like Moses who used to put a veil over his face so that the Israelites could not stare at the end of what was fading away. But their minds were closed. For to this day at the reading of the old covenant, the law, the same veil remains. It is not lifted because it is set aside only in Christ. Even to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lays over their hearts. But whenever a person turns to the Lord Jesus, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. This is, this is it. This is the part, okay? So, Moses got to encounter God in a supernatural, incredible way. But nobody else did. All the other children of Israel, they just kind of watched Moses speak with God face to face. But they didn't get to do it for themselves because Jesus had not yet come. The Holy Spirit had not yet been given to all believers. But this verse tells us that the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We have access to God in a brand new way. In a brand new way. So it says this in verse 18. We all, with unveiled faces, are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord. Look, we have total access to come boldly into the presence of God through prayer. Not just a, hey God, I need some help today kind of prayer, but in a God, do something radical in my life kind of prayer. God, transform me. God, transform my posture, my priorities. Transform how I pray. Transform my presence, my countenance. Make me more like you. We all with unveiled faces are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and we're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord who is the Spirit. Look, the point of prayer is not just a therapy session. The point of prayer is to be transformed. Paul says, transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. We can look like Jesus, but it happens through prayer. It happens through transforming prayer. It happens through seeking God's face, not just his hand. It happens through having our posture and our priorities and our prayer and our presence changed through seeking God. The Lord is the Spirit. We're being transformed from glory to glory. This is the last thought and I'm done. That just means a little bit more every day. A little bit of God's glory today, a little bit more of God's glory tomorrow, a little bit more of God's glory the next day, a little bit more of God's glory the next day from glory to glory to glory to glory, a little bit more every day. So the question is this morning, have you ever had that kind of experience in prayer? If not, you can because you have access. And maybe this morning, some of you have never experienced the saving work of Jesus Christ in your life. 
We've all sinned. We've all been selfish. We've all been prideful. We've all done things for our own benefit at the expense of others. That's sin. And those things separate us from God. But God, who was rich in love, sent Christ to die for our sins so that we could be reconciled and redeemed into a relationship with him through faith. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.